On today's episode of Brooklyn Banter, we discuss Kevin Durant's return to the Barclays, Ben Simmons returning against the Jazz, and trade talk revolving around our expiring contracts. Remember to follow us on all socials, and now, let the banter begin. Welcome back to Brooklyn Banter. Today is Thursday, February 1st, and we're coming off a rough loss last night against the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant made his return to Barclays Center, and it was a tough game to watch for Nets fans. Uh, actually, I'm not even sure. Did we end up giving him a tribute video, Matt? Yeah, we did. <clears throat> we did? Yeah. did, you, did um, you watch it? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a good video. Uh, after the game, uh, Kevin Durant uh, called us a classy organization, all that good stuff. Um, he said, you know, it wasn't needed, but... He was happy they did it. Shows how classy the organization is, which, you know, he, I mean, he, he was talking really, real highly of, of everyone <clears throat> that works for the Nets and the front office, even Jack, even Jack Vaughn. Um, but I mean, the, the crowd kind of gave it a, a big old, like, meh, you know, <laughs> it was like booze mixed with cheers. So it like kind of just drowned each other out. Um, I heard some booze and, uh, it's funny, the announcers and people were tweeting that, uh, there were some boos, in, in my opinion. I, I'm not saying I would boo him, but I'm definitely not going to be mad at anyone who did. Uh, there's nothing in my opinion. I mean, Matt, you might disagree with me that he did here that deserves applause. I mean, I know he balled out, but at the end of the day, he asked out at the same time. And you shouldn't be praised for that. He asked out of our organization. Uh, he's nowhere closer to a championship right now than he was with us. And most people would argue that if he stayed with us, he'd be closer with what you know the pieces we had and the flexibility he had. Uh, now he's on a, a mid-Suns team. I mean, they're 28 and 20, but we all know that they're probably not championship contenders. Uh, and he made his return, and I think Nets fans treated him the way we should. Uh, or, you know, what, what do you think? Would you What do you think of any Nets fans booing Kevin Durant on his return? Because personally, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, out of the out of the big three that we had, um, I think Kevin Durant get, gets the most uh, slack from from me. I mean, what what me he too. did in that what he did in that Milwaukee series, um, kind of carried the team. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll always stay with us Nets fans, and <clears throat> it was great him and like even when he requested the trade the first time, like I never had any doubts that he wouldn't come like and show up uh, every day and and try you know do his best to 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 get us to uh get us a win. So I can't knock him on that. Um, like obviously like James Harden asked out, but like quit on us, like literally quit on us. Same thing with Kyrie Irving, right. With all his breaks that he took. So Kevin Durant gets a slack for me. I I wouldn't personally cheer him. Uh, if I had gone last, if I had, I got, had I gone last night, I probably wouldn't have booed him either. Um, I'm just kind of indifferent to him right now. Like he was here, he moved on, you know, I've moved on from Kevin Durant. I know a lot of Nets fans still like to talk about the past and what could have been. I like to think about the future. The Phoenix Suns' performance is helping us move on. I love watching Kevin Durant run out on the court without Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. I know they're playing together now, but in the beginning of the season when he was running out lineups with uh, Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen, Kata Bates, Diop, and Nurkic, I'm like, you know, I I hope you're happy, Kevin, where you are right now. I hope you're happy living on the West Coast instead of being in New York and playing with, you know, a bunch of bums, which is what you complained about, you know, in Brooklyn. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's a sad situation. Like, uh, we had three of the best players, you know, of all time, like objectively. And the farthest we got and like the most I just heard you say is a second round series. That being said, I'm not going to deny 
Kevin Durant at that time was the best player in the world. And as a Nets fan, I always like wondered, was he the best player in the world when we had him? And he made it very clear in that Milwaukee series that at that moment, he was the best player in the world. And he hasn't looked like that since. Uh, So we'll remember it. But, you know, at the end of the day, let's not forget Nets fans that it was the second round. And Kevin Durant has nothing really to show for his time in Brooklyn. And uh, Nets fans treated him that way. But uh, I think let's get into the game. So the Phoenix Suns took care of business. Uh, They won 136 to 120. And the game was relatively close at halftime. The Nets were actually holding their own. And Cam Thomas had a good game. And Bridges came out relatively hot. I think we were down by four or five. And I did think we were going to win the game. But the Suns completely blew the handles off us in the second half. And there was absolutely no defense. I mean, in the fourth quarter, both teams were going back and forth scoring buckets. And I was like, I don't like watching this style of basketball. This really isn't fun for me. Like, every time we score, I think I have hope we just let up a wide-open layup or three-pointer. Uh, so it was a it was a bad game for the Nets coming off a great performance. I mean, the story of the game was really the fact that Ben Simmons was listed as questionable and then uh, downgraded to out after returning after 30 or so games. So we didn't have Ben, but I thought the team would still carry their performance from Utah into Phoenix, but they didn't. Um, I'll stop there and just want well, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it almost lo- it was like remin- reminiscent of last year where we would just get absolutely murdered by a um by an opposing team's big. <clears throat> Nurkic just completely uh killed us last night. Um He's one of those nuts killers, right? Yeah, and it's just like it, and I can't blame Claxton for everything cuz like a lot of times that Nurkic was taking over was like Royce O'Neal was on him or and, and it was one. It was one of those games where we needed uh, Dorian and and we needed Ben Simmons uh, for like their length and their and their and their bodies there to kind of put uh, guys in the paint to take care of Nurkic and not let those uh, easy buckets get in. You know they were missing Grayson Allen, so like that's a huge miss for them. Um, so they had a, you know Eric Gordon obviously slotted into into the lineup, but that third quarter, you know, like you said. Going into the half, you know, Bridges misses two free throws in a row, and then he misses the the, the layup at the buzzer, which kind of just rolled out. But that third quarter was just back to old school nets that we've seen over the last month. Eight turnovers in the third quarter, and you're just you're just never going to win like that, right? Eleven nope. turnovers all game, but eight of those were were in the third, um, and they outscored us by sixteen. And you know, what, what, we lost by fifteen, right? So like, there, there's the game. I mean, we lost by 16, actually. I'm sorry. So, like, th- there's the game right there. Uh, we, I thought we played them pretty evenly until then. Kevin Durant just took over in that third. Um, so. Yeah, we lost, the, we lost the third 42 to 26. And overall, it was just a disappointing yeah. game. The game was on national TV. Uh, we dominated in Utah. Uh, we'll talk a little more about that soon. But we're just coming off a huge win where it was probably our best game of the season. And we had Ben Simmons back doing all the things that this team missed, like uh, pushing the pace. And like you said, the flexibility on defense that he provides, he could have guarded Durant the whole game. So not having him and then playing the way we did in the second half, like I always say on this podcast, it was two separate teams last night. It's just frustrating, man. Like, uh, you know, Devin Booker's hitting threes and doing Mikael Bridges Selly in his face. It's, it was, it was a, classic night of being a Nets fan like I'll, I'll put it lightly uh, yeah it just it's it's it, it always I mean I'm not I, I'm not trying to be like uh you know like an old head right here but like <laughs> Claxton will like celebrate a dunk and he gets teed up and I'm not saying like I actually like what Booker did because I, I mean they're friends right so it's like all in good fun yeah like I just don't understand like why certain pl- like if you're gonna if you're gonna tease Claxton up for like a stare down or like 
pumping his fist, fist, then like you have to like tee up Booker when he does that, like stuff like that. Just annoys I'll, me. That no, it, it annoys the it annoys the fuck out of me too. And I, yeah. all I'll respond to that is to play devil's advocate. It's like when you see Kevin Durant get an and one on Cam Thomas, stare him down, yeah. and call him too little with like the the Fournier said, like thing on he his said hand. Mini. He said yeah, mini. <laughs> he called him mini. Like that should get a technical. But guys like Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, they they build rapport with the referees, or at least the yeah. referees. They definitely treat them a bit differently than. But uh, you know, honestly, I agree with you. But I, Claxton does a fucking pull up on the every time he does oh, a. Oh, I know, I know. And I know, asks, I know. And you know how many opposing players get mad at Claxton for how he handles his dunks? It's insane. I could probably make a whole instagram highlight video of every time he dunks he does a whole pull up he lands in the other person's space flexes and bumps into them it's like yep. get on defense clacks like act like you've dunked the ball before i'm not saying you can't get excited every once in a while but come on you know it's just it, it, like I, and, and again like i like the, i like when kevin durant calls a mini or like the three point i like yeah. that like it's it's like i i think like and then the nfl went away with that when they took away like players being able to celebrate touchdowns and stuff so like it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me like these guys are playing a kid's game like it let let them act a little you know and have fun on the on the court um but i i just the the, the different levels that are given to different players are are, are just not cool with me i think no, that like I mean, if one person's allowed to do it everybody should be able to do it you're talking um, about like just uh you know like technicals and things along those lines but you could even yeah. look at like if you look at the game last night durant got to the free throw line 12 times and it's on so many plays and like little bumps on jump shots that Cam Thomas probably gets every single play and the refs just don't look at him that way yet. And hopefully they will soon. But we all know what I'm talking about when Cam Thomas gets bumped all the time. The ball goes in and the refs don't call it because the ball went in and it's like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. And Durant gets those calls, as we remember from Nets fans. I mean, you could look at the New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson has built that rapport over the last couple of seasons. And now he gets to the free throw line probably way more than he should on theatrics like let's be yeah. honest and no one likes watching that and i'm not saying i want cam thomas to continue to do more theatrics but some players get the calls and some don't <clears throat> just the way just the way you know yeah, no, that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles as they say <laughs> yeah, but like the, the thing is like like the nets played good like when i look when i was watching the game i'm like they're not they're not doing a terrible job obviously like nurkic is like taking over and stuff the offense like, looked okay matt but like we were probably pigeonholed by like us making shots to realize how poor the defense really got you know what I mean? Yeah, and 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 the defense was it was just a like just a terrible night, right? They shot fifty percent from three, and like so I think it was like sixty percent from the floor too, and they 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 just killed us. Um, we had no answers down low. We had no answers from three. Um, and Kevin Durant just you know was Kevin Durant thirty three points. Um, from him, you know, on like super efficiency, like sixty two. I'm looking now sixty two percent from the floor. So, but like if you look at our numbers, like it's not that it's not great, but it's not bad, like. No, like, like Mikel Bridges shot 50% from three Cam Johnson, 43%, you know, so like, it wasn't you know what terrible. I like about Bridges lately. Like, I don't know if you know, they mentioned this on the broadcast, but he's pull, he's shooting threes. He catches it and shoots like a lot of these players like to catch it, take it. Like he doesn't like pull up threes. He took 12 threes last night. Oh. But we've, he, said, but, but we've said that, right? Like how many times have we said like this team needs a point guard and then they need, uh, they need Mikel Bridges to come off screens and and be a catch and shoot kind of guy, or or get to his spot and and hit a mid range because he's get, not this like dribble ISO guy to like take on a player and hit a three. I feel like the whole Nets offense revolves around us trying to figure out how to get an open three point corner shot because we take more three point corner shots than the rest of the league. I think by a substantial margin, and I kind of noted pretty efficiently during the game. Like Cam Johnson hits threes from behind the fucking basket. 
You know what I mean? Like he like it, it's funny how they shoot better from a you know the corner, and I think the league does. It's a closer shot. It's uh, the like, best shot in the league. Looking at the looking at the box score, I mean, Cam Thomas over fifty percent from the field again, eleven of 19, 25 points. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talks from Duran after the game how he's twenty two years old and he's already on. You know, every team scouting report is one yeah. of the hardest guys in the league to guard. He's been starting over the last couple of games, and it's you know I, I don't want to take credit here when I say this, but I'm telling you, just putting him in the starting lineup from the beginning of the night just helps him get his routine, and like when he gets going early, it changes the game. And I think yeah, we're I think- shooting the ball from three a lot better because him having him on the floor helps spacing. Um, so uh, I you know yeah, praise think- praise to Cam Thomas, you're amazing. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think he secured his spot in the starting lineup. Um, and I don't know, and, man. I don't know. I, no, I think so. I mean, you, we have the deadline, you know, coming up in a week, and I think I think that the writing is on the wall of like this. This team needs to go um, in the direction of Cam Thomas, and just have like like have just have Cam Thomas on the floor with your with your with your more important players like Mikel Bridges. Right. Um, even yesterday, they asked him about they asked Mikel Bridges about Cam Thomas's um, him, him and Thomas's uh, chemistry. And he said and he, and he and he said, like, probably off the court, just me and CT ch- chatting, figuring out things, talking to each other, knowing each other's games. So, like, you could see, like, even them playing together on the yeah, floor. Like, before, like, like, this guy's going to do an ISO. This guy's going to do an ISO. Um, and now you, you kind of see them running plays and sets with each other. So, like, it's good to see because that's what we need. There are two best I mean, and, You know, part of what my some of my favorite basketball players do, and, like, as we all know this for rec basketball players, no one's too good to set a screen, right? So, like, there's no reason that we can't see Mikael Bridges, Cam Thomas picking rolls and picking yeah. pops and things like that. And the yeah. best part about, I would say, Bridges and Cam Johnson and all those guys is, they're humble enough to go do that type of thing, whereas Kevin Durant's not really setting screens like throughout the game, maybe a few times. So I agree with you. Their chemistry has been getting better. I, I think I saw like a clip from when we beat Miami of them after the game. I know my, we played Miami a while ago, but it just seems like they get along, right? Like they were af- like after the game, super hype together. And yep. I don't want to – I mean, like let's get into quickly – before we get into the trade talks, because that's what I want to talk about. We dominated against the Utah Jazz. Ben Simmons came back. Let's just do a quick Ben Simmons talk. He looked really good in his first game. He played 18 minutes. He almost had a triple-double. He The second he got in the game, he was pushing the pace. He had a fast-break assist, I think, on his first play. Yeah, um, I'll, and I'll say, that, I'll say this real quick. Like, I was at the game on, on Monday uh, to, to watch his return. And, like, lucky the, you. Like, the, 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 uh, and probably his only game uh, in 2024 for the Nets, by the way. Um, but no, like, like, because obviously I, I, I was at a ton of games last year and the last couple of years with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden on the team. And like the crowd, although it's been like pretty loud, louder than I thought it would be this year, like that, like electric, like feeling hasn't been there this year because of it. But let me tell you, it was there when Ben Simmons was checking in. Like the crowd got into it quick, and like Ben Simmons just kind of added to that, like the way he came out and started playing. And like Not gonna said, lie, like obviously I'm happy he played well, but it was annoying me that he's like pumping up the crowd and he's throwing the behind the back passes constantly in his first ten minutes. Like yeah. at the end of the day, dude, like be <clears> humble, <throat> right? And his agent is tweeting after the. I'm, I'll, I'll, Give, I, I agree with most of your points regarding his performance, yeah. but his agent is tweeting after the game, like, the reason he 
it took him so long to get back, or maybe during the game before he got hurt. The reason uh, it took him so long to get back was because he really put in the work to make this a sustainable return. And then this happens. And I know it was a freak accident. And I know it's something where it's like we have a few days off. And if you miss this game, he gets a long extended rest. But if he keeps doing this type of stuff, I mean, it's just so frustrating as a Nets fan or like an NBA fan, any sort of person that follows Ben Simmons. It's it's a detriment on your mental health, like truly, because you watch that game against Utah. And like, I'm starting to believe he's actually a positive player in the NBA again. And then he sits. So. Oh, he's, he is, he is without a doubt. a pot. He changes the complexion of this team tremendously. Yeah, but like, the problem I think is, again, like we, you know, let's say he was playing 30 minutes. Who knows if we could really play in the last five minutes of the game. He doesn't, he, doesn't look, at the, he doesn't look at the basket. He can't make free throws. There's still things, you know? No, no, no. A hundred percent. But, but he does change the complexion of this team because right. it kind of brings them to a little, not, I'm not saying that not, into like the four or five range, but like uh, he definitely gets us competing with like the, that seven to eight. If he was here all season, kind of thing, right? So like he he makes us a better team. The offense is tremendously better with him on the court, and obviously the defense too. Um, and he just gets us out quick. Like he's he got us so many open shots the other night, and it, and it makes sense how and why we've been so terrible shooting the three even if they've been wide open it comes off from like a defense making a mistake it's not like us in motion getting down right. the court it's not natural yeah and like even my, even my wife was there she's like holy shit like ben simmons like whoa because like she knows like she's been watching the last two years of me like 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 how much i complained about him but like i mean he was just he was just he was great and then obviously like he goes down at the end and i just looked at my wife and i said he injured his knee pretty badly there. I know like, you were at the game. I know you were at the game, but during the game, Ruka was like, "Uh oh!" Like Simmons is limping, but he seemed okay. And Richard Jefferson is like, "Ryan, stop it! He's totally fine. Like, don't don't be a baby for him. Like, going off about how like Simmons yeah. is fine." And then the next play, there was a foul. He gets taken out, and then he misses the next game. So I'm sure Richard Jefferson regrets that a little bit. But at the end of the day, if, if this was a game seven in the finals, Ben Simmons plays against the Suns. Like, and that's think, what pisses me so off too. a little bit at this point. Like, I know it's like not maybe the right decision medically, but this guy just like needs to get out there and like needs to learn how to play like with some sort of ailment. I know oh, that oh, sounds oh. ridiculous, and I'm not him. I don't know his body, but part of like you know, football players don't sit like they get used to the fact that they're, you know, bruised up and like parts of their body hurt. Like you don't think Jimmy Butler in the finals is hurting, you know? So that's where I come off. And I'm not trying to sound like a hardo and be like, don't listen to the doctors, but we all think he's a little soft here. No, I mean, you look at Mikel Bridges, right? He hasn't missed a game in his entire career. Knock on wood. Exactly. What, what, What do you think Bridges thinks of this guy? Like, I, I just, I think like, it's, it's like, I think what do you truly like they, they, I'm sure the next players in the back of their head are like, this guy has to be a soft. I think it's tough. Like, I think players realize like what injuries can do to like your mental state. And I think that's the case. Like Bridges doesn't know what it is to be injured. So like, I don't know if he can actually judge like Simmons. Right. Cause like when you get injured, it, it's like a baby. Like if they're walking yeah. and they fall, like it's, they're scared to do that again. Right. So like, and we saw that with Cam Thomas coming back. Like they, exactly. Like they it took time. him a while to get back to where he was. And like, I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating, but you know, like I know that he's not confident in his body because on Monday night, when he was coming out of the game, he wasn't sitting on the bench. He was standing next to Sean Marks in the tunnel. 
Yeah. So that his so because he was he's scared that if he sits down during the game, his back is going to tighten. So like you do what you got to do, Ben. But I know he's not confident in where his body is yet because he's doing stuff like that. So I think any little tweak, any little thing is going to get his mind going. Is he gonna be like Robin Lopez, like laying on the side of the bench? Do you know what I'm talking about? Using a roller. <laughs> yeah, like Robin Lopez is taking up like space on the court every single game for the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like Larry Bird used to do that too, just like lay on the side of the court. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I I agree that he probably isn't comfortable yet. It was hopefully he's back for an extended period of time. He looked great. The team is definitely better with him on the floor. It looked like a team that could potentially be a top six six, six seed and uh, you know when he was playing for like six or seven games our offense was top 10 in the league uh yeah. but yeah moving along uh in this pod let's talk some trades matt what do you want to talk about uh the trade deadline's seven days away the nets have a ton of people that are all over the twitter sphere in rumors uh including spencer dinwiddie uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Claxton. And actually, let's start with Claxton because I feel like that was of most of the news today. Uh, there was a lot of reports that like the Nets are just uncertain about what they want to do with him. And, you know, a lot of trades started circulating, including one with OKC, uh, you know, potentially Josh Giddy. I saw, and I know people were memeing that, but I do think it's a realistic trade. Uh, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on Claxton. Like, what do you think the Nets are going to do? Uh, would you be happy if we gave him <clears throat> up? Um, you know, floor is yours, yeah. man. So, like, look, the Claxton thing is, can he be great? Yes. Right? But, like, have we seen an improvement from last year offensively? No. No. Like, have we seen physically an improvement from last year? I'd say, like, 10%. And and I wouldn't say it shows on defense against the best players in the league. Exactly. So, like, defensively, like, can he guard one through five? Yeah. I actually rather him guard like forwards or forwards or guards over a center um and 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 i know there's a like a big uh fraction of the of the fan base that thinks of him as a power forward over uh over a center Um, for me like he's one of he's one of those guys where i'm like if your plan is to get better right then you have to let claxton go because if you if the if and this would be malpractice by the Nets, but but if you think that Ben Simmons is is a piece moving forward, Claxton can't be your center because you need a guy who can space the floor on the team. Because right. and you can't have both of those guys on the floor together. So if a team is out there really wanting Claxton and they're gonna give us a good a good young guy or or whatever the case is, or a bunch of draft picks where we can then flip that for a superstar. Then you then you have to take that because you know and that's I mean, for, let me let me ask you do do like in in your eyes Claxton's twenty four by the age of twenty nine which is probably when his next contract ends do you see him being a top five center in this league no and because and the main reason is offensively I never really see him getting to a point where exactly. he's doing things similar to Chet Holmgren or even Brooke Lopez is now like the way he plays and his arms and everything. I think Claxton's a great player. Just the more I think about it, the more I realize, like, he needs, like, and I don't know why Nets fans aren't talking about him more. For where this team is, there's no reason to give a guy like that 20 to 25 million, make him a bit harder to trade. Uh, and then when we have Dayron Sharp emerging, who's a lot stronger than him and probably plays a better style of basketball, like, just being honest, uh, he seems to be a little more comfortable, like, getting offense rebounds and putting them back in. And we, we probably, there's a 50% chance we have Dorian Finney-Smith next year at the same time who could play some five on defense. And like you said, we're definitely going to have Ben Simmons next year 
who can't be on the court with Claxton. I'm not saying we're going to have him in the long term, but he can't for next year. And Simmons could help for defensively with Claxton. So, like, we're just also, over- yeah. You also you also have Noah Clowney, right? Big, right, big, right. Big, big guy. And, and let's not forget, like, I and, and obviously he's not getting minutes right now, so it's like there's question marks around that, right? But Harry Giles can can spread the floor. Like he hits threes. Oh well, yeah, so, Harry Giles is an NBA player. Like legit. Yeah, so like and- you you have you have big men that you can that you that like make that. I'm not saying Claxton is expendable in that sense, but he is. If you can get somebody that makes this team better, that brings in assets, then you do the trade. No, and yeah, and like like you said, I know Claxton hasn't sh- shown a lot offensively to get better. And the main thing for me is like he's shown signs of passing, and the way the league is trending is like players like Draymond Green and Jokic and. And even Ben Simmons, players who can catch the ball in the pick and roll and make a really good decision. And Claxton shows signs of it, but no real improvement where it's like he just gives us hope he can be this playmaker, but he's not. He's ju- he's yep. truly not. And he's definitely comfortable sitting, you know, on the block and letting the play play out like a ton. So for me, it's like we need to get rid of someone who truly has real trade value. It's like we can get back real stuff for Claxton, whether it's a young player or picks and salary. But like we can get back a lot more for Claxton than we would for Royce O'Neal or Dinwiddie. And I truly believe that. And the team that we trade him to, you know, he'll end up making money anyway and thank the Nets for everything. Uh, yeah. So And, and, you know. and I, I, I just want to make my – and I, I'm going to ask you a question after this, but I want to make my point clear about Claxton. I, I don't – necessarily want to trade him i think that you only trade him if you can obtain apps like assets that like basically is like an offer you can't refuse for i would trade him for josh goody in one second i mean i know that's like a funny thing to talk about but the way josh goody plays i love he's a versatile player he passes the ball he's really young he has the connection with sean marks i think um and you know that's someone that i really think could help our backcourt once we don't have spencer dinwiddie at the end of the day next year we can't rely on Dennis Smith Jr. and Ben Simmons to be our backcourt like for the whole season. We need someone who could truly pass the ball and like another guy who could bring it up. And I know, yeah. speaking of the backcourt, potentially we can get Deontay Murray, but that's just my thought process. Like I'd rather trade Claxton to get Giddy than give up more than one first round pick for Deontay Murray. Um, yeah, the whole Deontay Murray thing is interesting because like it was almost like a known uh, fact that he was going to the Lakers, and now like. It's there's weird. More, and now there's more noise. It's just really weird because the like, Lakers trying to get Din, uh, Dinwiddie. So it's like, are we still? And then and then Sam Amico reported today that the Nets are still interested in Deontay Murray. So I'm, like, I'm thinking about like the meme of the Spider-Man holding up the gun. And it's like the Nets and the Lakers like, wait, do you want Murray? No, 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 no. Like you guys are going to get Murray. We're going to get him. And it's like, who yeah, wants, who wants Russell? You know? <laughs> it's like, all right, guys, we all need to make a trade here. Let's just like decide who's going where, but like no one really cares. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, think- there was a report today, like you said, that we uh, that the Lakers were interested in the the whole package of Spencer Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, and um, who am I forgetting? Dorian Finney Smith and. What you told me before the pod, but I'm forgetting who. who yeah, I mean, this is just this is just uh, you know speculation playing around speculation stuff, and and obviously you need you need um, in 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 if the Lakers want to uh, acquire all three players, Hachimura and and D'Lo definitely have to be involved there. Um, but people are also saying you know Hood Shafino, um, and and a first round pick would also oh and Torian Prince would also be involved in that just to kind of make uh, the deal a little bit sweeter for the Nets, uh, giving up those three guys. Um, which I mean, look, you, you, you'd get, you'd get two guys in Rui. Well, you'd get Hutchifino and the first, which would be like two first rounders basically. 
And then you would get, you know, D'Lo and, uh, and Rui that are in that same age bracket as, as Mikel Bridges to kind of get us to that next step before the, you know, the 2025 free agency. And if we make a trade or if we don't make D'Angelo a trade. D'Angelo Russell's playing like some of his best basketball ever right yeah. now. And like how cool was that clip of him? Like messing up three plays in a row and still pulling up for three right next to LeBron, like not being afraid of the moment. Like I love D'Angelo Russell, man. I, I, I mean, I would welcome him back with open arms. I thought I, I, I honestly, at that, at that time um, in 2019, uh, when we were going to sign uh, KD and Kyrie, I always was. <laughs> this is going to sound hysterical. I wanted I the Nets. I wanted we the Nets to sign. We all, wanted, we all wanted to keep Russell, and we wanted to get Durant with Russell instead of Kyrie. We all wanted yeah. that. We all wanted. <laughs> so I wanted I wanted Butler and Durant to come with keeping uh, D'Lo, which could have worked in the numbers, but I just don't think that, like, the players were, like, talking no, about No, and, like, this is why I won't, like, at the end of the day, like, going back to where we started the podcast, Kevin Durant deserves hate from Mets fans just for attaching all of his decisions to Kyrie Irving, but that's yeah. a, you know. But like, so, but like, it just, it like the whole Russell thing is just hard for me to like no, wrap I my can't. head around because yeah, no, like, I can't even wrap like my when head. he left, when he left, like, and he went back to Brooklyn for the first time with the Warriors, I believe it was, they asked him like, like, is there like a, a, another like motivation for you tonight? Like, you know, having been, you know, not basically not chosen. It's and like, no, I love the Nets. No, he said. No, he said. Sean Marks is not wearing a uniform tonight, so I don't have any Whoa, extra to motivation. Wow. So, like, he was definitely upset that the Nets like kind of kicked him to the road after what he did for them the last, you know, the three years prior to that. So it was magical. That it was truly magical. Uh, that, that, sac- <laughs> yeah. that Sacramento Kings game. <laughs> oh man, a little a little RHJ uh, no. uh, finishing move there for for me with Russell, um, like just. After not having Dinwiddie and then getting Dinwiddie back makes me feel like just like I'm in this cycle and it's like I know where we're at as a basketball team because we still have Spencer Dinwiddie. And I obviously like Russell, but I'm going to feel similarly if we get D'Angelo Russell. I'm going to be like, like, oh, like we're doing this again, like round two, like test yeah. it out. But I love him, but like part of me because of that, and I'm sure Nets fans know what I'm talking about. I don't want him. Yeah, the, the one thing that would, that would be hysterical is if we uh, fire Jack Vaughn and then sign sign, get, sign uh, Jared Dudley as our coach. You know, it was so funny. I was working out this morning and I was like, I wonder if the Nets would look into, you know, if one Jack Vaughn, if and when he gets fired, like make, like getting Kenny Atkinson back. Um, oh, I would love it. I would but love I'm it. sure Kenny Atkinson doesn't have great, great uh, relationship with Sean Marks at this point after obviously just getting yeah, rid I of mean, him. I money, mean, money talks, right? So like, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Has turned down head coaching jobs since the Nets. He Um, he has. Well, I mean that Charlotte situation was not the greatest, so he was. Yeah, like for Nets fans right now, it seems like it's going to be an active seven days, or at least we hope. But I I did this on the last pod, but like we got to get out in front of this. uh, We got to see some Woj bombs because the longer we let it go, the harder it is to really make deals. Yeah, and like the the market, you know, let's get ahead of the market because I feel like it only gets worse. um, Yeah, in my opinion. I did, I did want to ask you about the uh, the rumors that came out yesterday. I believe it was um, Mike Scotto first reported, and then uh, Shams actually reported it as well, that Houston was interested in... Oh, um, yeah, Houston's interested in sending several of our picks back. I mean, we only have four, two swaps and two unprotected left uh, that Houston owns um, for Mikel Bridges, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, see what, kind, what side of the aisle uh, you sit on. 
I'm not in the world of saying like there's no price for Mikael Bridges, but I'm also like my mate. I say this consistently. Our picks are gone. They're a sunk cost. We shouldn't be fighting to get them back. It's we have to move forward like we don't have them and we don't. And we need to assess and make our decisions as if we don't have our picks right now instead of look to get them back by trading our next best players. So we have the ability to be bad. I mean, that's just stupid. Uh, that being said, I'm like, I'm not saying we should trade Mikael Bridges. I don't really think there's a realistic trade out there for him. Uh, we could, it, it would be dumb to trade Bridges right now. Uh, I think it would just allow Nets fans to feel like we're just in this state of purgatory where no one really knows what's going on. Who knows what we would get back? I'm assuming it's like Jalen Green, Cam Whitmore, and all of our picks, um, which wouldn't, we wouldn't get Shingun. Uh, so I don't really know how they would fill the salary. Uh, so it's interesting, but no, like I wouldn't make that trade and I wouldn't even consider it. it would, yeah. I mean, the, they're trying to leverage us because they have our picks. It's silly. I would, but, but let's say they, let's say they do this. They give you back the swap for next year. They do Shangun with, uh, Jaylen, I, do, I don't need anything else. If it's Shangun's, I would do Shangun no, for but like, what if, what if, what if it's Claxton and Bridges for Shangun green salary filler and, and next year's pick. I think you're just this hypothetical has zero, like they're not Shangun's not on the block, dude. He's their best player. No, no, I know. I, I'm not saying that he is on the block. I'm saying if like the whole point if, of them reaching out is the pair of bridges with Shangun. I feel as if you think so. Well, their team would just be the Nets. They wouldn't even be good. Like, like no, they, but they got. They, but they have guys. They have like Van Vliet. They, ha, they have opinion, Smith, They have Jeff Green. They like they have guys. When we talk about trade value, Shangun has higher trade value than Mikael Bridges. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no, yeah. No, not 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 a question. But like, if you don't want to give up all your all the picks back, but I, I forget who said it on on um. They're said trying to reverse us to get our picks back, and like so we could reset. Uh, but that's silly, and it's a sunk yeah. cost, and we need to move forward. I hate well, this conversation. To be honest, I'm sorry yeah. if I'm being mean. No, 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 no. You're you're you're, and and it's funny because I I was hoping that we would like have a little battle here, but I I completely agree with you. Like sunk cost. I don't understand why we're going to give up our best player for something, for a mistake that we made in the past. I think yeah, we no, move forward and that's it. I agree. And like generally part of this season has made me think like this seems a lot worse than we thought. Uh, the expectations were a lot higher than which they should have been. Our timeline is where the Suns picks are. And the idea is to have like this rising team when we get those picks. Some would say that, you know, by the time we actually get there, Mikhail Bridges and all these guys are going to be like, the timelines aren't going to match. So some would say, trade Mikhail Bridges and get young guys that are going to be stars. And then when we have these stars, we're going to have like a top five pick, like guys like Jalen Green, for example, right? Uh, but I'm not going to say that. I like this team. I think Mikhail Bridges will be fine in two years. And I think the way the NBA is now, like players get better at a later age. And we could see that like, usually people are winning championships at like Jason Tatum's age and we see the struggles he's having. So uh, that's my thoughts. And like, I, I think, yeah. I, I mean, I just wanted to mention that timeline thing. Like maybe it's a little off, but trading Mikhail Bridges right now just makes no sense when we have so many other things to prioritize. Like we need to get rid of these guys that are on expiring because we have seven days to do so. Like, I don't know. Sean Mark should be taking calls from Mikhail Bridges right now. I think, I think that the Nets, if they go, if they go into the summer, or let's say I, I'll say if they go into the next next year's deadline and they weren't able to pull off that star, I think then you see the sell off of Bridges potentially. But I think the Nets are still in that like let's see what we can do to build this team up, and if we can't, then then we'll blow it up. 
But I think that they're 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 fully in on building around bridges above him and below him and making this team uh you never know. Right? You never know. Like this offseason, we talk about Donovan Mitchell and all these guys. It could be three new names given how the playoffs yeah. you know, like how things fall in the playoffs. So I definitely agree with you there. Um uh, hopefully we don't trade bridges in the offseason, but you know, it's definitely something we should think about given where our timeline is with the Phoenix Suns picks. Uh, but Matt, thank you for hopping on. Uh, we'll be back this weekend, probably on Sunday. Uh, and I forgot to mention this, but this is episode 20. So everyone who has been listening so far, thank you so much. Uh, it's been it's been a fun ride. We're 20 episodes through. I'm very proud of ourselves, Matt. Like I didn't I didn't know if we'd get this far, and we're killing it so far. So uh, as always, thank you for listening. Follow us on socials. I love you guys. Go Nets.